This is the Boxing Betting Show with Tom Craze. Welcome to the Boxing Betting Show. My name is Tom Craze, and we've got a bit of a different show this week for you. It's a, a kind of a quieter spell coming up for boxing after it's had a really busy spring, kind of a loaded schedule in March, April. And, and really May as well. Um, June and July gets a little bit quiet, the off-season as it were. Um, I don't really like it call, calling it the off-season, it reminds me of football or something, but it does get a bit quieter through the summer months. So without so much to talk about, we're going to focus in on this weekend's main event, which is uh, Baturbia versus Joe Smith Jr. Really, really good fight at light heavyweight. Uh, and then just touch on some of the fights coming up throughout a quieter June um, and going into July as well. With me this week is uh, a guy I follow on Twitter um, and have been following him and chatting for uh, a couple, probably a couple of years now. Uh, really, really sharp guy. Um, and he's one of Wales's finest, I would say. Uh, his name is Matt. Uh, his Twitter handle is at uh, SouthpawKO. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm all right, mate. Very well. The sun has gone down in South Wales. It's not raining, so, so I'm happy. So we're going to start, I think, with there's really only kind of one major fight this weekend. There was going to be Jamal Charlo um, versus Seletsky as well. That's been um, rescheduled. So it's Arthur Paterbia versus Joe Smith Jr. Um, from the theatre at Madison Square Garden. Uh, light heavyweight unification, um, IBF, um, WBC and uh, Joe Smith's um, WBO title on the line. Really, really good fight. But one of those where there seems to be kind of a, a, some levels upon the levels at the very top of 175. You've got obviously um, Baturbiev, you've got Dmitry Bivol, and then you've kind of got the rest. And I'd say that Joe Smith is the, the top of that chasing pack. I felt he was fortunate to get past Maxim Vlasov uh, last April. He had a um, kind of a stay busy against a, a club fighter more recently. Baturbiev, as we know, has been inactive pretty much all his career. Um, or at least kind of partially inactive. Um, only 17 fights. He's now 37 years old. Matt, give me your thoughts on this as a as a fight, kind of in general, and, and your uh, your take on both fighters before we get into the odds. Um, I love the fight. I think it's just going to be ultra violent. Um, I'm not sure how long it is going to last. I think a lot will depend on what both of them want to do. Um, and in particular, Joe Smith, if he is going to come and try and kind of put it on a bit to be out from the start, um, or if he's just going to try and survive for a while. Um, I mean, looking back at some, some of Arturo's fights, uh, Callum Johnson, I suppose, kind of showed a little bit of a blueprint, although he didn't last long in the end, but kind of standing there and standing up to him and not giving him an inch, managed to knock him down. I, th I do think that's probably Joe Smith's best chance um, of causing an upset. Yeah. But it, it's really hard. Um, he, but to be F is, you know, I, I think he's, he's the number one night heavyweight. I put him ahead of Bivol. Um, he's quite happy to stand and have a fight. He's a very violent man, like I said. He doesn't need much kind of room to swing his punches either. Um, and he just manhandles people and, and usually kind of gets them kind of second half of the fight. Um, so I think it depends really on, on whether Smith really wants to 
to go and kind of go in there and brawl from from from, from that first round, or whether things are a little bit slower and it kicks off a bit later. But I I, I don't think there's much chance of, of an upset, but he's definitely a live dog. I think there is an argument to say that in a weird way, as kind of, um, as you say, violent and uh, kind of aggressive and mauling as um, Baturbiev is, that almost gives Smith a better chance. We've seen Smith struggle in the past against boxers, really, against Bivol. You know, the way that Bivol dealt with him kind of looks better as Smith builds up a better record. That kind of, that kind of is aged quite well. Um, Sullivan Barrera kind of outboxed um, Smith Jr. after getting dropped as well. So it's that sort of style that has really troubled Smith. And, and to an extent, Vlasov as well was kind of tricky. Smith, as we know, is a real blood and thunder type type fighter. And I think if you're if you're kind of angling for an upset, and, and look, Smith is what here? He's six to one underdog. But uh, but we have about one to seven one to 12 on him at the kind of worst end of the market. But I think if there is a style that would give, say, suit Smith, but give Smith a chance here, it would be someone like Baturbiev, who is getting older, who is going to come in regardless, who could potentially be a little bit, a little bit slower, maybe his reflexes aren't quite what they were, and would just give Smith a chance for one shot. And he's not going to get many more chances than that, than the odd kind of shot here and there, but it might just be what what he needs. And as you say, uh, Matt Callum Johnson managed that before getting um, kind of stopped. Was it the next round himself? So it's always a stretch to say that's the blueprint, but equally, I think, and, and hey, look, Smith um, isn't too dissimilar from Callum Johnson, I would say. So that's possibly the the way. Um, what did you make of the odds then? If you if you're saying one to seven, Viterbiev, um, about eighty eight percent implied chance. So minus 700 uh, in US odds for the favourite to win here. As I said, 1 to 8, 1 to 12 as well. 1 to 12 gives Batovia a 92% implied chance. Is that a little bit harsh on Smith? Yeah, I definitely think it's a little bit harsh. Um, it's not totally out. It's not like utterly outrageous. But I think um, Smith deserves a bit more respect. Um, and I mean, if he was going to cause an upset, you're looking at those kind I, I personally think you're looking at those early rounds. And I mean, some of the odds on those early rounds for Smith KO uh, are ridiculous, really, considering he, he can punch. I mean, he's, I looked on 365. He's, um, if you wanted a, a Smith KO one to six, he's 28 to one. Uh, and if you wanted a one to four, he's 50 to one, um, which to me is, is, is too long. I mean, I don't think he's going to do it, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think those odds are, are kind of correct. Um, it's definitely worth a nibble on. Well, I guess if you're you're kind of subscribing to the point that the way Smith pulls the upset is to catch Baturbiev with something clean and just a, probably a single shot, there's no reason there or less of a reason to subscribe to the view that, I keep saying the word subscribe, it's not like I'm launching a fucking Patreon or something. Um <laughs> There's less of a need to kind of say, well, I, I fancy Smith in seven to 12 if he's going to grind him down because a single shot can come at any time. And as you say, make, you know, rounds one to four, did you say rounds one to six was 28 to one or something? One, one to six, I got, uh, there was 28 to one on 365 mm -hmm. and one to four was 50 to one. 
Looking at the, uh, the actual prices on Smith method of victory, 13 to 1 for a decision, uh, a stoppage win 900, uh, plus 900, um, so 10% chance that Smith gets the stoppage at any time. Do you think there's any merit in kind of saying, actually, I'm not going to go for the 6 to 1 Smith if you're backing the underdog here and going for the 9 to 1? Or would you say, I'll take the 6 to 1 either way? He could win a decision. I don't know what's going to happen here. This fight is in New York, which is Smith's home state. I don't think there's much chance of him um, no. winning a decision, to be honest. Um, and I don't think the fight goes the distance anyway. So I'm, I wouldn't really be that interested in, in that. I think you've got to go for the KO. I can understand why you'd go for straight KO instead of those kind of roulette numbers you're getting on the on the lower rounds yep. if, if you really wanted. Um, but no, I'm... I don't think I don't think a, a decision is is a logical option to play really. The thing is there is no kind of logical, at least evidence-based option to side with a decision, really for either man, but particularly obviously uh, Smith is the underdog. But Baturbiev, you know, he's 17 and no, he's won every single fight by KO. He's never gone the distance, he's never won by decision, and certainly no one's ever beaten him by decision. So you're kind of really putting a lot of stock in Joe Smith for that to happen. And, and look, Baturbiev has won some fights late recently. He's, uh, and this is where I think you potentially get a bit of an angle. Kowalczyk, round 10, round nine, and uh, Marcus Brown. And then um, Adam Dines, I think it was 10 round or the, one way or the other. Um, so he's potentially showing signs of taking a little bit longer, whether that's his age, whether he's just being a bit more patient or whether actually the guys he's fighting did pretty well um obviously Gloves, it was a it was a great fighter i'm i'm not sold to be honest on the idea that Baturbiev gets him out of there really early Baturbiev to win it um, by ko anytime two to five so at minus 250 uh, fight to go the distance similarly priced at um four to eleven on so minus 275 what do you make to that price match just the the outright Baturbiev ko if if you're saying well one to seven one to eight, one to twelve is too short on the favourite here. Is the is the stoppage price worth worthwhile by itself? I mean, it's not really my style to play that that type of that type of odds. It's too short, but I wouldn't say it's um, super inaccurate either. I do think it is highly probable that he gets the stoppage. Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking for value, I think you need to start looking at round props, and this is where it gets hard, really. I think the 7 to 12 for him is, I think the best price I could see was William Hill, which was about, which was 11 to 10. Yep, yep. Uh, and then the, um, the 1 to 6, if you do think Joe Smith is going to do a kind of high risk, high reward strategy and go on it and leave himself open, uh, I, think, I think the best odds I, I could see were about 11 to 4 for a one to six stoppage. So you could argue there's a bit of value in the first six rounds, but I think the seven to 12 seems to be the one that has moved. Um, I've even seen it as, as short as 10 to 11, actually, um, the seven to 12. So that seems to be the most, and like you said, it, it is his, his last couple of opponents, they have gone that length. But, you know, going back to that thing about when he has been clipped early, um, 
Callum Johnson, it was over in four rounds. Jeff Page Jr. knocked him down early. That was done in two. So I, I do I do really think it depends on what type of of fight um, it's gonna it's gonna be and how early it, it really does kick off. But seven to twelve seems to be the bet that is is very popular, certainly in social media circles as well, which means absolutely nothing, of course. But <laughs> um, people seem to be really keen on that. The eleven to ten, so that gives you oh, just just north of even money for Baterbiev to win anywhere in the second half of the fight. Worth noting that Smith, Smith has been stopped many years ago, but his two losses at world level, world level-ish, have come over the distance. So he has gone long with Bivol, has gone long with um, Barrera. Obviously, whether that either of them are quite as good as Baterbiev is open to debate. Certainly, um, Barrera is not. Do you think Smith is the guy who can take him the distance? I think it's highly unlikely. Mm. I really do think it's highly unlikely. Um, I'd like to think that he could. He is super tough. Um, and he's got a kind of different style to a lot of the fighters that Turby ever fought. But I just think it's a tough ass to go the full distance with, that, with a fighter like that who's just on you all the time, um, hits with, like, bricks in his fists. Um I think I, I, I'm, and I was going to say, you know, I've, I've had quite a lot of luck over the past, and judgment, of course, over the past kind of 12 months betting on kind of distance fights and decisions, but I don't see this as being one of them. Fury Fury versus Michael Hunter. That fight is now off, uh, rescheduled. I think Fury picked up a, I think it's a back injury, but the odds on this were quite interesting. And it was an interesting main event, even though I think the, the style clash and the eventual kind of probable 12 rounds in the ring might not have been the most um, easy on the eye. Uh, Bookies made it a pick'em about 10 to 11, the pair. And we're going to touch on this fight now um, just because the line is that it is going to be rescheduled. And you had some strong views on this one, Matt. Um, How did you see this at 10 to 11, the pair? So 52% either way on Huey Fury versus Michael Hunter. Yeah, I actually, um, I got a really early price on this just because it shot up on my phone. Um, I actually got slightly better. I got eleven to ten on on Hunter, okay. um, but not a not a not a big bet. Um, but I actually quite fancied him in that fight. Um, I kind of I lost money betting on both of them with the same opponent, uh, which was Pavetkin. Pavetkin. Okay. Um, oh, did you I, bet you bet Fury against Pavetkin? I was just going to get to that humiliating part of my story. Okay, now. all right, all right. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you do that. You can sense the um, voice, right? Yeah, I, I, I backed Hunter, and I was. I, I don't really know what, why I was so confident, but I, what I was at the time, and he actually started really well. I had that kind of bit of trouble, and then he kept. He, he kind of, from what I remember, he kind of took his foot off the pedal a bit. Pavakin came back into it, and he ended up dropping it to a draw. But yeah, betting Fury against Povetkin is probably one of my worst ever calls. I mean, it, it was just like a couple of rounds in, and I think Povetkin realised. I mean, he, he was just too good for him, mm. and he won quite comfortably on the cards. Putting them together, though, I just think Hunter has got he's better offensively. I think he's faster as well, um, faster punching, and I. I, I just really, 
I did, I did, I fancied him to win that fight. I, I hope it does get rescheduled. The only thing I would say, um, one, it, the fight was in England, but also Hunter was dreadful in his last fight, uh, the Jerry Forrest fight. Yeah, I'm not even. I mean, he got got given a draw. I'm not even sure it was a draw. I, I personally thought he lost that fight, but I, I don't. I'm happy to give him the benefit of the doubt on it. Um, I don't know if something was going on there. He appeared to be like sick in between rounds as well. It was just a dreadful night at the office for him. Um, and he still only lost to Usyk. And I think he's one of the better heavyweights. Uh, and he's been a little bit unlucky. So I, 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 in my head, before that fight was made, I had him about, I don't know, probably like four to six favourite. Um, so when I saw 11 to 10, I grabbed that. But it, I think he, it's a type of fight he's, he would have to go and, and win rounds convincingly, though. So it, it doesn't, you know, not just like a tight, a tight fight that Huey Fury manages to stay in and then kind of nicks it on the cards with a couple of kind of dodgy, dodgy own decisions, you know. Mm. So, um, but I did fancy Hunter for that. And if I can get a similar price again, if it is rescheduled, I would, I would take it. You're listening to The Boxing Betting Show. Uh, a good card down at the lower weights, um, kind of a double header. You've got Bam Rodriguez versus Saul Rungvisai and um, Julio Cesar Martinez versus um, Williams Arroyo in the rematch, 12 rounds for Martinez's WBC flyweight title. Both really good fights, but unfortunately, um, right now, no odds available in either. So, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, and we're going to... We're going to do some tissue pricing. We'll start with the the, the lesser of the two, I guess. Uh, Martinez Arroyo uh, rematch. Uh, what do you think of the first fight, and how do you kind of see Martinez kind of rebound chances going into this one? Yeah, I I think he's got a pretty good chance. I mean, the original odds. I had a look. I think he was like he was massively on. He was like one to twenty on. Yeah. Um, Arroyo was like seven to one. I, I thought it was it was it was getting very interesting. I mean, obviously, kind of Martinez went down really early, pretty heavy knockdown as well, but managed to get back up, hit the same shot on Arroyo. But then there was this cut. It did look to me as if Martinez was really getting to it. And then when uh, the kind of the bell went and they looked at this cut, it was it was clear he. he he did, Williams Royal did not want to fight on. No. Um, and he said he couldn't see. The eye wasn't closed. I always just want to give the kind of boxer the benefit of the doubt here because I don't box. And if there was a speck of blood on my face, I'd be out of that <laughs> ring. Um, but, you know, it was a little bit suspect the way it ended. He was, he was very happy that, that that fight had ended with that. Um, I think Eddie Hearn was a little bit disgruntled. Martinez was disgruntled. He seemed to be getting on top of him, but it would, at the same time, it's so early, you know, so early in a fight. Um, one thing with Martinez, he just he just wants to. He said it himself actually before that fight. I think he said, um, "I don't like to box. I like to brawl," and I think this is the kind of fight that does kind of suit him. Um, plus, time has gone on a little bit. Arroyo's getting a little bit older. Um, Martinez, you know, he, he holds his he, he holds his chin out a bit too far. He keeps his hands down, but that's just kind of part of his style, and he's quite happy to just have a terror. Um, so I would say, 
I'm reticent to give a tissue price in case I'm like way out, to be honest. Um, if the original was one to 20, I wouldn't have it as high as that simply because Martinez is, is coming off a loss now. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I back Gonzalez to beat him and, and, and he won handily. Yeah, um, uh, sorry, no, I, but, you, you know what? I actually, uh, I backed Martinez in that fight um, and he got schooled, didn't he? So that was not a great... Yeah, I remember chatting to you about it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you were very confident on Gonzalez, if I remember. Yeah, I just thought stylistically... Yeah. It's an absolute nightmare for Martinez. Yeah. yeah, so that one that one came off, but you know, they don't always, obviously. The other thing was this weird thing about him uh missing weight as well. I never really got to the bottom of that, and it wasn't really an explanation. I bizarrely missed weight. What, what did you say for his tissue wanted? I didn't actually give one, I thought I got away with it then. <laughs> I said I, the original, yeah. the, the, the original price was one to twenty, and I said it would I wouldn't I wouldn't put it up at that now. Maybe maybe one to eight something like that on Martinez sounds about right. I, I don't think I'd want to make it any any closer than that, would you? No, not really. No, and it's the kind of fight you know I I'd be looking at the looking at the props for Martinez and seeing what that KO price is as well if it was worth taking or not. But it's a good fight though. It's it's fun. It's you know it's a shootout and oh yeah, um, and, and the first one was a really fun fight for as long as it lasted it just didn't last very long which was the, uh, the slightly annoying thing the main event is on paper obviously uh, an even better fight bam rodriguez versus uh, rungvisai really really interesting fight big another big move for um for rodriguez uh, obviously beat um quadras uh, for the vacant uh, wbc title and now um, in against a guy who certainly at least a couple of years ago, was the guy down at Superfly. He's been inactive, though, um, Rungvisai. Only fought once in 2021. Hasn't fought for coming on 15 months, or just over 15 months now. And interestingly, or perhaps kind of concerningly, for anyone looking to back Rungvisai this weekend, he's kind of done that thing where he's gone back to Thailand and fought nobody's effectively. Um, lost to Estrada. Been uh, room wrong, um, sort of enough win. Um, but then has fought a guy who's 17 uh, and 17 with two draws. And uh, Ekowit uh, Songnoy, says BoxRec, uh, 57 and 1, uh, beat him in three rounds. Back in the big time now against Rodriguez uh, in Texas, back on a matchroom card. How do you see his chances here and, and who would you make the favourite, Matt? It's a tough question. I mean, I, I was... I'm... I'm quite high on Bam Rodriguez. Um, I thought it was amazing to come into that Quadras fight at such short notice. I think he was uh, started off as a... Um, sorry, I'm going to go over to American here, just the way I've written it down. So it was plus 175 underdog he started at. Mm-hmm. And that was um, that was nailed quite quite heavy. And I, th- I can't remember if he went in as a favourite. I think not, it, I, he did, yeah. There was a big move on Rodriguez that night. Um, and I remember, I think... And it happened fairly quickly, um, but he he got hammered. There was there was plenty of um, esteem on him, as our American friends would say that night. He, yeah, he st- certainly started favourite. Yeah, no, I really like him. Um, he like nailed Quadras with that right uppercut. Completely took him off his feet. Very compact. It, the, it sounds like his shots are really really powerful. Um, so that was a great win. And then to come, I just got a lot of respect for him. You know, coming straight in then for a fight against, um, you know, a top, top level fighter. 
there are just some kind of unknowns over on the size. Well, just he hasn't been active enough. That 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 is the issue. And um, obviously, the momentum um, is with Bam just because of, of the way he's been fighting. And you know, to be world champion with fifteen and zero by the time you're like twenty two years old is, is quite incredible, really. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I would back. I'd be looking. I'd be looking to back Bam but I don't know who starts as a favourite, if I'm honest, in that. It's a really, that's another tough one to, to price up just because of the unknowns. What do you think? I was actually just checking out um, the, the closing odds on Rodriguez against Quadresa, and I kind of stopped. I, I lost interest a little bit in that fight when I realised I'd, um, I'd missed the boat on, on Rodriguez. And I think the last time I checked, he was kind of like, Maybe, I don't know, maybe four to six or something like that. And I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Pro boxing odds um, have him down. The closing range went a lot further than I even thought. Uh, minus 300, 313 to minus 500. Uh, I don't know if that's right. Um, on Bam Rodriguez against Quadras. There was certainly a lot of money put on him. Um, and he obviously delivered. Big, big move starting at 11 to 10, it looked like. It's a tough call. I, I, I would make Rodriguez the favourite here. I think the... Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think the inactivity of um, Rungvisai is a factor. Um, he's he's obviously a lot older, um, but I think Rodriguez has... I, just, I, I think momentum is such a big factor in boxing in general, and I think the, the house fighter, the guy kind of really with the... Yeah, with that kind of momentum, with that that youth on his side as well, and fighting um, at home in Texas, I think that's a factor. I would make Rodriguez. I think I will, I'll pin my colours to the master and give a number. I think maybe eight to thirteen. Rodriguez, if if you're saying that he went off one to three against Quadras, Rungvisai's a better, probably a better fighter than Quadras. I'd say eight to thirteen. No, certainly no closer than eight to eleven. Um, Rodriguez, I think, wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of four to seven either. Um, that kind of that kind of range, I think. Does that sound way out, or am I? Um... No, I think it's it's logical. Whether that will be the um, the price, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I would I would take that as well if um, that, that price came up um, on Rodriguez. But. Uh, Regardless of the odds, I mean, it's a fantastic fight. They both are actually, you know, they'll be really exciting to watch. So I'm looking forward to that card. Here's a question just before we move on, Matt. What price, if Rodriguez is going to be the favourite, and as you said, I think he will, what price on Rodriguez would he have to be for you to say, absolutely not, I'm going to go for, for Rungvisai? What what price is too far gone on Rodriguez? Here? Um I wouldn't touch anything like um, one to three. Mm. I'd maybe go as far as one to two, maybe. Okay, okay. But so no, 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 no. I think it's a close fight, and it just, it's just because of the unknowns. We don't, we don't know what fight is going to turn up. We know with Bam, we don't know around the side, um, where he's at, really. So that's, that's, the, that's the issue with it. But certainly momentum-wise, it, it's... It's bam. Before we go any further, Matt, and I was 
kind of keen to do this at the, the start of the show and threw myself into the uh, Baturbio Smith Jr. Um, preview. Before we kind of look further ahead in the schedule, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions because uh, a lot of people listening may not be too familiar with you. Um, if they're not, again, um, follow at Southpaw KO on Twitter. Always a good, uh, always a good read. Just interested to hear a little bit more about your your betting style, Matt. Um, how you not necessarily how you got into it, but how you've been going, um, the type of bets you you kind of go for, and and any kind of highlights or or lowlights recently. Yeah, so I think I mean I've been betting now for about six or seven years. Um, but I had my, my kind of boxing betting geek spreadsheet, my first one, probably like, you know, three or four years ago when I started taking it a, a bit more seriously. That's a slippery um, slope once you've got the spreadsheet set up. I know, exactly. Mm. Customised one and everything. Right. Um, and a lot of it's just because my, like, my life's changed um, a lot because I have young children. Um you know, my social life disappeared and I've, I've spent a lot more time watching the boxing, which is, which is what I love to do. And so the kind of betting just come, kind of hand in hand with it. In terms of like what type of bets, I think I've had quite a lot of success this year um, betting on um, the over rounds and uh, fights going the distance. And it's quite a kind of unfashionable way of betting because I think a lot of people think, you know, why would you want to kind of spend your time watching a fight, like hiding behind the sofa, yeah. um, just desperate for it to, to kind of tick by? But that's not really the case. If that's the type of fight you're betting on distance, you're probably betting on the wrong fight. You know, I'm not betting distance on Daniel Tavares versus Trevor Bryan. That, that's, that's not the way it works. Yeah. I mean, um, I've, I've said it before as well. It's kind of backing, it's like backing unders in in football or basketball or something, people opposing the, as you say, it's not fashionable or particularly fun sometimes to oppose the action, but it is also yeah. where there's a bit of an angle sometimes, yeah. And I, yeah, and I do find there's a bit of an angle because I think psychologically, um, certainly casual boxing fans, they, they want to bet on the KO because that's what they want to see. And sometimes the odds can move then and you find yourself having a bit of value. Yeah. Um, and also, also kind of, it happens when there's a kind of big name. Um, I always find that the, the KOs are just a little bit too short. Um, I mean, Anthony Fowler is a classic one. I mean, he, he, if he's fighting someone who's not, who's not up to his standard, he can put them away. But if he's fighting a tough fight, you know, he doesn't always, he doesn't always get it done. I've, I've had a bit of success on him. And, and the other one is, um, I had the other week was... Um, Joshua Boazzi against Craig Richards. And I know Boazzi def definitely does hit hard and um, has a good KO record. But for me, you know, Craig Richards is, is a really quite clever and very resilient fighter as well and knows what to do if there's any trouble. Um, I can't quite remember the price I, I got on him, but it was, uh, oh, there we go, 13 to 8 I had on that going the distance. Okay. Um, which is a, which I think was a nice price and a, and a bit generous. And it wasn't really, there was a couple of moments in the mid rounds, but um, not really anywhere that um, I was feeling kind of flustered or worried about. I think it was, and I enjoyed the fight as just as a spectacle anyway. So that's yeah. fine. Um, the best, the best bet I've had over the past 12 months was actually an in play bet. It was uh, a random fight, Shane Gill 
against Steve Robinson, um, the, the big Geordie with a, the Rocky comparison. Um, and I'd never seen Shane Gill fight, so it was, a bit, it was a little bit of a pun, but after one round, I could just see he was just too fast for Steve Robinson. And even when he did get caught by a few punches, it didn't seem to bother him. And some of the odds I got, um, I'd had, um, uh, after round one, I got four to one on the distance. It was a six round fight, this was. After two rounds, I had Gill outright at 12 to one. And also after two rounds, had the Gill decision at 28 to one. <laughs> um, after three rounds, Gill was still at 10 to one. So I took that. And then after, just as, as we were coming into the end of the fight, it was still five to two. Um, and they all came in, thankfully. I was quite happy with that because it was just a pure kind of eye test based on what I saw, yeah. which isn't always the kind of best way to bet because you obviously haven't done your research on the fighters. Um, but I just, you know, to, to watch that come in, and I won quite a bit of money off it as well. You know, I wasn't reckless with the stake. You don't have to be when the odds are that long. But that was an absolute cracker. Probably, probably the best one I've had, really. If you're thinking in terms of, improvements um in your betting what would those be kind of maybe over the past 12 months and what, and what do you kind of put those down to i think it's this i think it's the same thing a lot of um people struggle with which is basically like emotional betting mm -hmm. um you're you're betting on um you you're letting your head no that's the wrong expression isn't it your heart ruling your head or yeah that's, your heart ruling your one. head that's the one, yeah. Uh, yeah got there in the end um, so, for instance, I went through a long stage, and I, I know you used to mock me, Tom, is that I always used to kind of back Welsh fighters. I always thought they were going to win just because I was, I was blind to it. Um, you know, I had Liam Williams, who's, who's one of my favourite fighters to this day, but, I mean, I backed him in both beefy fights. I'm still bitter about the first one. I was actually at that up in Manchester. Um, I backed him against Andrade, even though you advised me not to. Um, and, I, and I thought he was going to do a number on a new bank, and that was um, devastating for me, that one. So, it, but, but, you know, emotional betting comes in many forms. Like I, I kind of did it last week as well with um, uh, Mark Leach. Um, okay. He's, he's, although he's not, he's not a Welshman, you know, he, he is like, what I, I really like him as a fighter. Um, I like the style he fights. I like the fact he's always a bit of an underdog. Um, I like the fact that, you know, he does a lot of stuff with his local football club. He just seems like a good guy. And you just kind of, you know what it's like. You get these fighters that you, who um, you just kind of have a tendency to be fond of. And then next thing you know, you're, you're betting on them, really. I should have probably done a bit more work on um, Liam Davis, who had, who had too much power in the end. Um, so, you know, it comes in many forms. But I, I think that's the thing most people have got to guard against. Um, is kind of what I would call the kind of emotional batting. And you've really got to stick to your kind of logic as much as you can and statistics and, you know, trying to read a fight. Yeah, I, I mean, I would totally agree. I think it's obviously quite tricky because everyone is human and everyone has their, I say, their loyalties and that, you know, some fight, some people get quite tribal about fighters. You know, you're a Joshua guy or you're a Fury guy and, you know, never kind of the twain may never meet but I think it's it can be kind of um compounded a little bit when you're backing against a guy who people don't like and so for example you mentioned obviously the the Andrade fight I was I backed Andrade you backed uh, Williams and vice versa when on Gonzalez Martinez as we said so sometimes when we're on opposite sides 
well, one of us you, you would hope would win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very true. But I think the Williams Eubank is a really good example of this because you're going to have a lot of people emotively backing Liam Williams, either because they really like him or because they're Welsh or because they've won a lot of money. And then you've got the kind of the guy like Eubank, who is in, in wrestling terms a heel, right? A lot of people yeah. think he's, you know, a bit of a, you know, I, I don't need to, to explain what a lot of people think of Chris um, Eubank Jr. People don't like him because he rubs them up the wrong way. And the same, you get the same kind of thing with, um, I'm trying to think now, uh, you know, Canelo, second Canelo um, Golovkin fight, Canelo coming in off the failed drugs test. A lot of people wanted him to lose that fight, really wanted him to lose to kind of get that um, vengeance, you know, that justice. And I'm trying to think of more examples off the top of my head. Uh, Mayweather Pacquiao was another good good example of that. A lot of people wanted Mayweather to lose because they really liked Mayweather. Uh, Pacquiao, but they also really dislike Mayweather. Same with Ward Kovalev, for example. Everyone loved Kovalev, didn't like Ward. And it's those opportunities when you you and you see it a lot on Twitter, and you kind of say, oh, people say, I really, really hate this guy. I really hope he loses. And then you see them backing the guy that they hope backing the guy that they hope loses opponent, seemingly because they want the other guy. It's and that's the kind of trap that can be very easy to fall into sometimes and I think and certainly I'm not immune to it either but when you do see that happening in examples when you're not emotively involved and I guess I've kind of seen that over the the kind of examples that you shared there with with Welsh fighters and a couple of times I've I've just kind of said yeah Matt just you know what nationality is this guy should point out that uh, a weekend before last, um, we were both on the side of, actually, I, I backed, my main bet was on Joe Cordina by decision, didn't happen. Uh, I had him in, I went kind of multiple crazy that weekend because it, I just fancied a bit of a fun night. Um, and I had Cordina in a treble in the end, I think it was with, uh, no, it was, it was Cordina, Fulton and um, and Haney. Um, but the, the main, main bet on Cordina decision loss um, but thankfully, Matt, you were you were all over fellow Welshman Cordina that night as well, and so everyone was kind of happy-ish, uh, and a, a happy ending to the uh, <laughs> the Welsh uh, the Welsh bias as well. Until the next time, um, for one, just for one, for one, yeah. Okay, we're, uh, the final fight we're going to um, final-ish fight we're going to look at is the fight announced this week to much derision really um frankly um Derek Chisora versus Kubrat Pulev uh combined age this one of 79 years old Pulev now 41 years old Chisora 38 years old feels a little bit if I'm honest like a chief support at this stage it's kind of a fight that you'd expect to see on a you know a Joshua undercard or something like that but it is it it's a headliner and one positive thing I would say about this fight is that it was meant to be Chisora against Kaunatsky coming off two losses himself to Robert Hellenius. So I would argue, uh, I would rather agree um, with the kind of promotional talk that this is a tougher fight for um, Chisora than Kaunatsky was. Um, I would pick Pulev to beat Kaunatsky without much hesitation, whether or not I'm right on that would be a, a different matter. However, Chisora has now lost three fights straight, um, all by decision. Parker twice, um, in a once in a rematch, which wasn't really in much demand, it seemed, uh, but he lost the rematch a bit clearer. Before that, he lost to Usyk. No shame in losing to either of them, obviously, particularly Usyk. 
but is, I think, fortunate to keep getting uh, these chances. And a lot of fighters would not. However, he does sell tickets. He is a popular fighter. And since kind of taking on this war nickname, he does at least um, kind of bring the action in patches. Matt, just before we get to the the breakdown, Pulev, we know a bit more about um, last seen on UK soil in December 2020, stopped by Anthony Joshua, and then kind of went to uh, Triller, um, competed in something called Triad Combat, which is boxing in MMA gloves in a triangular ring. Uh, he knocked out a 40-something, fellow 40-something, uh, Frank Mir, yes, same Frank Mir you're thinking of, um, former UFC champion, Anyway, all of that said, Pulev here is the firm favourite to beat Chisora. General 4 to 9, minus 225. 69% chance for Pulev. Um, Chisora 15 to 8, 21 to 10, the best price actually. So 32%, just better than 2 to 1 on Chisora. Matt, your thoughts on this? And do you think they've got the right favourite like I do? I saw a picture of um, Derek Chisora today with sparring with, uh, well, Certainly with Johnny Fisher. Have you seen that today? It looks absolutely dreadful. Um, oh, well. And I do, you know, he's a he's a he's a really tough guy. But I I do wonder why he's he's still fighting. Really, um, you know, there's three losses on the bounce, competitive in all of them. But he, he probably, you know, he nearly always is competitive. I'm just not sure what this brings for him, other than maybe a bit of money really. And I'd, 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 I'd quite like to see him retire now. I mean, he's been great servant to boxing, great entertainment, um, but I think enough's enough. Um, but there we go. Anyway, the fight goes on. Um, I guess I would put Pulev um, favorite, but it's a close fight. I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if Chisora did, um, did take take the victory. Um, it really just depends what shape he, he turns up in. Like I said, I the pictures a day. I just thought he looked very old and strug and just like he's just struggling generally. I'm just um, looking at but, that now. Now you said that actually, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, maybe that's not fair. It's, it is just a picture, and we've seen this stuff pop up all the time on social media, and there's no bearing on fights sometimes. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to bet that, I would, I'd probably bet Pulev. Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I would agree. I think he's the, certainly the right favourite. It wouldn't surprise me if Chisora kind of did a, did a Takam on him. Yeah, you know, I was I was on Takam that night against Chisora. Um, what card was that on? That was on uh, White Parker one. Um, and I was very keen on on Takam that night, and I thought he was um, I thought he would do a number on Chisora, and obviously Chisora fought very very well. I think that's his best win to date. Wouldn't be totally surprised if he came out blasted Pulev early, caught him cold. But I've seen some saying that Pulev is kind of you know on his way out as well, and at forty one, it might not be far wrong. But he did. I mean, he beat Jerry Forrest um, last time out in proper boxing on a uh, on a trailer card. Well, I mean, that, that actually, that, that's quite a good comparison. Comparing Michael Hunter against Jerry Forrest to Pulev. Pulev dealt with Forrest very, very easily, really. Um, and obviously Hunter 
struggle. Pulev, I think when he's dialed in, is still a really good fighter. Chisora will make most fights pretty competitive, as you say. How do you think um, he gets it done, though? Yeah, I think it would be a decision, most likely, as long as Chisora hasn't kind of like fallen off a cliff, basically. Mm. Um, but like I said, he didn't look great today in the pictures. But um, yeah, I, if I was going to pick an outcome, a prop, I would say um, he gets it done on the cards. Pulev decision. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. And what um, is there a price you'd be looking at that for? I would be surprised. I would be surprised if Pulev stopped Chisora. I think. I think that would be the one result that. I think that would retire Chisora if that happened. If he got stopped by Pulev, I think maybe he might look at it and say, "Yeah." Yeah, I mean, as long as it's within, as long as it's plus money. I mean, I'd I'd be looking at like seven to four, probably. That would be enough for me to take that. Maybe a little bit more. Okay, uh, that's an int- it's interesting you've mentioned that price. Because seven to four is about the price on where Chisora starts at the at the kind of lowest end of that market. You'd rather take the Pulev decision by the Chisora outright? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Okay. And another, I'm putting you on the spot here, Matt, repeatedly. Chisora then, it's because we don't have the it's all the odds, so we're kind of trying to clearly just trying to fill time for this podcast. Um, what price you want on Chisora then uh, at home in London uh, against a 41-year-old Kubrat Pula? What price do you need on um, Derek Chisora outright to make him a bet? The best I can see here is 21 to 10, and I yeah. want I yeah. want a bit more than that, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it just feels like... It just feels like a fight for the sake of it. And I just got a feeling he's he's just going to fade on the cards. Okay. Interesting. So I'd, I'd, want more, I'd want more than 21 to 10, a little bit more anyway. Five to two would do it? Yeah, probably. 11 to four? Why do you keep putting me on the spot? I'm just dangling, <laughs> dangling the Chisora carrot here, aren't I? <laughs> and the reason I think we're going to have a, a fairly lean, uh, lean summer, by the looks of it, but... Um, yeah, okay, all right. Um, Matt, before we go, there is, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm looking at the schedule and trying to think when the podcast will return with something that's going to really get me excited. And it may well be Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury by the looks of it in August. Um, certainly, uh, August is looking good. We have Virgil Ortiz Jr., Michael McKinson, Michael Conlon uh, makes his return. Uh, and obviously, Kanela Golovkin's September. We're going to have Usyk Joshua rematch. Um, things start picking up again mid-late summer. Uh, July, you've got Danny Garcia, Jose Benavidez Jr. You know, that is, as a standalone night, that's not going to be enough to kind of get me back on the uh, on the podcast, unfortunately. So we're going to keep picking your brains on Chisora for the, uh, during the hot summer months. Before we go, um, I have to get your thoughts on uh, the true big fight that's been taking social media by storm, which is Eddie Hearn. Versus Leonard Ellaby, um, Skybet priced it up at uh, one to three, <laughs> one to three. Eddie Hearn, uh, Leonard Ellaby, just north of uh, two to one, three point two five on Leonard Ellaby. Matt, is um, Ellaby too big, too strong, or do you have to go with the uh, the A side, the um, the big talker, the promotional favourite? I'm going with Eddie. Rangy. 
Matt, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, to, um, to have you on. Thanks so much for sparing your time and to come on to the Boxing Betting Show. Cheers, mate. 